It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the actual bulletin. It's Tuesday afternoon, it's a trio. It's a special day for the man to my left, right? I can't mind whether we have a look at this on your computer screen. Um, it's Patrick's 21st birthday, so myself, Lawrence, everybody in the actual team would like to wish Patrick a very happy 21st birthday. Um, yeah, I don't think you would have similar circumstances to me, mate, in February, but <laughs> here we are once again. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure the, the victory at the weekend was a nice early. A present for you. So, thanks to everybody for joining us on this Tuesday afternoon. We're going to be in going in depth for the, the cup final. We'll be looking forward to tomorrow night. Um, just with the way times work just now, we won't have a, a government decision. Um, obviously, Axom has no privy to any um, government uh, decision making, even though some people probably out there would make you believe that. So, 
we don't know what's going to happen with crowds, but we'll, we can kind of, you know, play a hypothetical situation of what would happen with the, the games that could possibly either be behind closed doors like Wales has went to, or whether it's just a case of pressing the big pause button until we get into January. But we'll kick off with the cup final. Um, all three of us were there. Lawrence, a good day out for all of us. Um, tell us about your cup final day. It is the age of Ange, isn't it? It's Ange's first trophy. Uh, so a couple of friends come up from London, uh, up to my house. A couple of pints of Guinness enchantments to, to just set us up for it. Walk to Hamden. Uh, saw Tosh McKinley outside. Always a good omen. And uh, yeah, inside for some Ange ball and Ange's first trophy. Absolutely outstanding. Then at home, yep. watch the game again. So... <laughs> Yeah, why not? Why not watch the game again? I think um, it's always nice to watch uh, Celtic goals on repeat and that second goal and even the first goal was one that I think we'll be watching on repeat for a while. Patrick, me and you went over to the game together. We weren't sitting together for the game, but uh, absolutely buzzing at the end of it. It was a good day out for all of us and um, it's just so nice to see Silverware back at Celtic, but especially the first one under Ange post to Coglu because I think when he walked in the door after whatever it was, 104 days or something, Celtic not getting a a manager, we all thought, you know, what next for this football club? We had appointed Ange at the point where he, you know, because he'd been over in Australia and Japan and never actually had the, the proper coaching badges to be in European football, which was scoffed at by, by pundits um, that obviously like a, a large drink and a pie by the look of them. <laughs> and um, yeah, we got our man in and he's well ahead of schedule to what we could have all envisaged. 100%. And even by his own admission, he's, he's still 12 months away from what he wants. So the age of Angie is going to get a lot better than this, um, if he's to be believed. No, it was an absolutely fantastic day. And, you know, the performance might not have been top-notch, but the, the reaction and the drive in the second half to win the game was absolutely ex- exceptional. And I think we've all seen the clip from, I think it's Australian TV, that says, you know, your opponents at their weakest when they've just scored, try and hit them early. And uh, the, the players have obviously taken that advice and, it's uh, it's worked wonders for Kyogo in the fifty first minute. Uh, but no, it was, a, it was a fantastic game. Really enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully the first of many. Yeah, I think it will be the first of many. I'll go out and and say that. Uh, I think it will be the first of many under Ange Postecoglou. I think this will only get better as we add more players to the squad and we see a a development of his football style. I don't think everybody's at the point where they probably want him to be. Um, just due to you know lack of game time for some people, injury issues or whatever else. But everything is positive just when you look at that Celtic squad. Uh, and Lawrence, on that, um, as, as Patrick says, you went home and, and watched the game after it and your opponent is weakest You know, after they've just scored. Hibs literally did go up and smoke because they're, they're away and home end, whatever you want to call it, unless you're a journalist and get picky about this, about teams having their own end. Uh, Hamden, they literally did go up and smoke because when the high bees scored, boom, went off a flare. There was this big cloud of smoke and boom, Celtic went back up the other end of the park and scored. Yeah, it just sums up Ange, doesn't it? You know, you've said, I mean, that, that age of Ange is the Australian kind of mini docu on him, isn't it? So, but that, that thing, that's but McGowan, it says that, isn't it? You know, teams are at their weakest, their highest, but they're saying it's a chance of scoring. You don't want to not be playing a forward pass at that point. Uh, if Ange is your manager, apparently absolutely destroys you if you don't do that. So, yeah, it, it must have felt so bad for Hibs, you know, they must have, you know, from the heights of thinking, right, we're 1-0 up to just, you know, where did that come from? It's level again. It, it's been taken away from them. But, 
Well, the goal really came out of nothing, didn't it? They hadn't given much as an attacking force. Been mostly Celtic. Kyogo made the team, which, you know, I think gave us all a lift into it. And, you know, just as well he did, the, the boy get the two goals. Hopefully today, you know, being the 21st of the 10-day quarantine, we'll hear or see some pictures from Heathrow of uh, some, some of his compatriots flying in. That would be very nice. Um, whenever those compatriots are pull on the hoops, we don't know as of yet, if we've already mentioned at the top of the show. But, but Patrick, on that uh, point that Lawrence makes, we make substitutions late in the game. We see Owen Moffat come on for only his second senior appearance for Celtic. Um, Tony Ralston, you know, I think he picked up a wee note club in Dingwall. Um, it probably wasn't at 100% fit. You know, Kyogo back in. You know, the substitutions that we made in the game probably ha- had to happen at that point in the game. They could have come back to bite us in the backside, but with greater depth in that squad, you can just see how this could be transformational. Like what Lawrence has said, that even if you go back to, to Wednesday when we've not been on since, what we could bring off the bench to what we actually have to bring off the bench just now could be just a, a, a million miles apart. Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult. And, <clears throat> you know, I think we've got four games to go. You know, might have less than that, depending on what today's news brings. But um, it's not happening at the worst of times because we've got so many players out at the minute. We'd probably like to see a few more back. You know, when Chris Julian will be back, we never know. But uh, I think Jota isn't far away. I think Forrest isn't far away. So, you know, it's good to have a, a wee three-week break and try and get a lot of these guys back for the second half of the season. But... Um, you know, it was a bit bare bones, despite what some BBC journalists would have you believe uh, just over a week ago. Uh, it is bare bones. And, you know, luckily, the quality that we have on the bench, it might not be good for our first team, but I think it's good for a 30 minutes in a cup final to match a burning. No, absolutely. And on that point, Lawrence, you know, I think one of the things that's kind of went under the radar, I've spoken about an axiom yesterday, but again, and you know, the, the, the mainstream is how many debutants we had in a cup final in a Celtic jersey on, on Sunday. Um, there was lots of players in there. I know Joe Hart's an experienced player. And he, he's, he's won trophies in England. He's captained his, his national side. But it was the first cup final for Celtic. And we'll get on to Carl Starfield later because I know he's getting a bit of a you know a hard time from some quarters of the Celtic fans for his performance on Sunday. But... Um, it can't go under the radar that a lot of them, you know, debutising a cup final went on to win the cup. I know Hibs fans are giving it, oh, it's just another trophy for Celtic. But, you know, a, a lot of these guys in their very first cup final went on to win the cup. Majority of that Hibs team, guys like Paul Hanlon, has played in multiple cup finals for Hibs. Whereas this Celtic team is full of fresh faces that never played in a cup final at Hamden. Yeah, I mean, it's always the, the question, can they handle the big game? Can they handle the pressure? You know, this team's been compared to Wim's team quite a few times. And I think when they won the, the Coca-Cola Cup at Poundland, that was, you know, a big step for that team. You know, that season they speak about, you know, when they played Liverpool, they thought we were a good team. This team has spoke about it, you know, when we were two up against Betis, we were a good team. So, you know, the similarities are continuing. We, we got a talismanic forward in then as well. So, and the talismanic forward has scored a Larson-esque goal in a cup final, or two Larson-esque goals in a cup final. So, yeah, lots of similarities. And it's great that the guys have got, I suppose, the first trophy off their back. Some people that have kind of recently come and gone from Scotland, you know, obtained multiple attempts to get a trophy. But these guys have done it first time asking. 
Yeah, and that's it, and that can only grow confidence in that Celtic dressing room, Patrick, because I think one of the things we said a lot when we've looked at that Celtic team in early stages this season especially was possibly a psychological issue in some of the, the parts, just through the way we'd played last season, you know, the, the way in European games that we had went up and, you know, the, the San Siro and um, against Sparta Prague and whatever else. But, you know, the looks of the fans has managed to to, to fix that psychology in there and, you know, getting that winning feeling along the line, you know, 97th minute winner up in the island, up in Dingwall, and then to, to win the cup at Hamden to me is a, a double jab right in the, the opponent. Well, certainly domestically, he he's seems to uh, fix the mentality. Personally, I'll wait until the, 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 the two leg tie against Bodo Glimt is over until. Uh, I determine whether or not we've got a mentality problem because that'll be a big test for us, I think. Um, but, you know, to to keep going, all the way up in Dingwall, as you say, you know, it's the first time we've been on since that happened. It was absolutely excellent uh, for, you know, people like Moffat, McGregor and Vodrick to try and work it into a wide area, then cross it in, and it's a brilliant cross. And then in a cup final, to show your powers of recovery, you know, I think it was like one minute and 15 seconds between the goals. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then you know the, the intelligence from Roger to take that quick free kick as well um, for Kyogo's second goal and Kyogo's finish is absolutely sublime I mean it's unbelievable how how difficult that is um, and as Lawrence said what, what a difference he made playing because it does give you something extra in the game uh, when you've got a recognised striker it gives you, even, gives you something even more when it's a striker, striker of that quality and, uh, you know, he scored the two goals, so he was definitely a difference maker. Yeah, he was a difference maker. And that Tom Rodrick free kick that you referred to, Pat, that's the one that Scott Allen's waiting to come on the pitch, even though he's still got his full tracky on and bibble and he's standing up the staircase. He's still taking instructions from one of the coaches, I Yeah, I think he's still probably going to go to the toilet or whatever else before <laughs> as well. But, hey-ho. Um, but, but on that, you know, Lawrence touched on there, you know, you know, the comparison that's been made between Wim Gantz and Henrik Larson and Ange Postecoglou and Kyogo Furuhashi, you know, both those um, partnerships come at the end of a, a period of dominance for a club. And that this one that we're starting to see transform, you know, it is coming to fruition to an extent because we do rely on Kyogo and, you know, I, I think without him on Sunday, you know, I would have still fancy Celtic to win the game, but you know, without him, I think we're a completely different team, and it's about getting players in that a similar quality that's at that level. Because again, on Sunday, you could see he wasn't 100 percent fit, but he was constantly making those runs that he wanted to make, and he was pressing Matt Macy in goals. I think if we're to get 11 players of the quality of Kyogo, we're in a very, very good place because um, I don't think we'll be able, to be able to do that, to be honest. But if we if we aim for that, it's a very good place to be. Um, and as you say, it did make a massive difference. You know, I think I read somewhere that Matt Macy's six foot seven, and Kyle Go chipped him. <laughs> so you know, and he doesn't doesn't take a touch of anything. The the ball's bouncing, and he chips him. Hits it first time. So tremendous quality. And you know, I think every Celtic fan is still amazed that we got him for what was it four million or something, three million. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an unbelievable signing. And I think that's that's the point of um, looking in these different countries, looking at these markets. You know, you can get a player of such good quality for a cut-down fee compared to what you would get in England or Europe or something like that. So, yes, um, if if the three other Japanese guys are anywhere near Kyogo's quality, I think we're in for a good 
two or three years. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, probably one of the best 8am tweets that we've ever had. We went from wishing people a happy birthday only a few months previous to announcing Kyogo in the morning. So some contrast and difference lodges before I come over to you. It's good to see that Newcastle fans are turning into watches <laughs> because I'm sure they're having a great time with Eddie Howes Gaffer. Yes. He thinks we're jealous, but really not. I'm sure that Newcastle would much rather have the boss that we've got, the boss called Postacoglu. Lawrence, um, we touched on Wim Janssen and we touched on uh, the, the comparison that's been drawn here. And getting that first trophy over the line is such a marker for a Celtic team. It's a Celtic team that, you know, we've watched through periods of domination. Um, it's a Celtic team that I think for now the past three or four years has won a cup in December at Hamden. Obviously, the Scottish Cup final from the year previous was postponed. But, you know, just getting that first trophy over the line is such a huge marker for Celtic. You know, it's the, the trophy that starts the treble, so it still puts you in place if you're challenging to win that. And, you know, once again, it's a trophy that we used to struggle in and now it's becoming, you know, something that we've not taken it for granted. But, you know, we always think we're in a good chance of winning it. And as Patrick says, I think if we go into it uh, just before the quarter-final stage, so it's two games, then two games at Hamden. So it's a trophy that we should probably always be looking at trying to challenge for every season, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, now we pick it up more often than not, don't we? You know, as you said, even kind of great team in the seventies, they used to get to the final, but used to struggle to win it. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a, a turnaround trophy. Uh, but yeah, Ange getting his first trophy, I think, is huge. You know, I think there was some still still some doubters out there about, well, I'm not too sure of this playing at the back, or we create a lot of chances we don't take enough. You know. If you do watch that kind of mini docu on Age of Ange, you know, he's won trophies everywhere he goes and he's just so driven in his belief and, and how his team should play football. It's And the reference kind of many of the doubts that other fans had, that Celtic fans have now. So I, I think it's good that he's got silverware, especially the first season when we were speaking to the likes of Jared and Dan and they were saying, look, first season, don't expect anything. It's going to be a bit up and down. So, you know, the first trophy... In a few months in the door, he's got the first trophy. Just, I think it's outstanding. Uh, and the way that the team are playing football is just phenomenal. And Patrick, one of the things, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier about Ange and he, he was saying to me that, you know, possibly it just didn't work out as well as it could have in Japan. Due to the language barrier that was already there, um, obviously coming into a Japanese club, you know, and again, you know, I think one of the things that needs to be admired about Ange Postacoglu is the risk that he takes in moving around from Australia to Japan to then over to Scotland, it's a big risk to take, it's a big risk to bring your whole family with you. It shows you how committed the guy is to football and his love of the game, that he's willing to take that risk and how much belief he has in himself. And that kind of belief that he has in himself has been installed in that Celtic team just now. 100%. And, you know, it's you know it's what we said about the, the, the Newcastle manager, Edward Howe, you know, he was delaying and delaying for eight weeks and eventually backed out, presumably because he, he never got his backroom stuff. Ange travelled halfway around the world himself. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
Uh, I don't think he's brought anyone with him apart from you know Kyogo. Uh, so it, it shows you how much he does back himself, and it's it's an impressive quality, not just in a manager but in a human being. How much confidence he must have in his ability and what he's done in the past. Um, and as you say, it must give you know not only the players but people around the club because. There's no doubt that certain livelihoods will depend on how he performs as a manager and how his players perform. So to take all that on your shoulders is is an absolutely tremendous tremendous risk, but it's it's extremely admirable um, from our perspective. And you know, it's it's obviously what wonder so far, and hopefully the best is yet to come. Yeah, the best could be yet to come. On that Lawrence, that point that we're making there around. And just taking risks and coming in, obviously, you know, there was a lot made about him not having his his own backroom team, if you will. Can that now be put to bed? We saw an image on Sunday of a lot of them, a van with John Kennedy, Stephen McManus, Gavin Strachan, I think Antoine McElhone's in the picture, Tim Williamson, Stevie Woods, Hugh, Stevie, the, the kit man. Can that now be put to bed that he's quite happy with what he's got there? Yeah, listen, he said they'd give him a clean slate, didn't he? But if you look at previously in his career, and since he's come here, he's also stated that he likes to do the scout himself. He likes to do a lot of the work himself. And I think after Greece, he spent a year or two out where he was just doing some private coaching on the game and commentating for sports media and Oz. But it speaks about all that time he was planning how his teams were going to play, what they were going to do. He went to Brisbane Roar, transformed them, South Melbourne... Australian national team and then on to Japan and, and to us and they've all played the same style the same intensity so I think we're going to take it his word that he actually likes doing it himself and he's and I think it's an admiral quality that he's prepared to give all these guys you know a clean slate and start again just let's see what, you, what you've got look what he's got out of it from Tony Ralston you know as an example of giving a guy a clean slate and saying right start again this is what I want you to do can you do it I saw him and Kennedy having a chat about the subs just at the end, so they've obviously got a relationship there where he's listening to them as to what should, what should happen, because you know, when Mikey went down, it looked like he was going to get back up. Not too sure, so they're definitely working well together on the evidence, you know, we've got the first trophy and we're playing great football. But I think for it, for some managers, they like to take a big entourage, how being one of them, others are quite happy to, you know, maybe work with what what we've got, it's, I suppose people are different, some people work differently, I think Ange is just so focused, it doesn't matter, it's his own guys or who's round about him, he knows what's going to happen and how he's going to do it, so it's, you know, he'll, he'll give you a chance to join him and, and doing it and telling you how he wants it done and if you don't perform and don't do it, I think he'll just, you know, he would change it in a heartbeat and, and bring somebody in, but as he's not done that, I'm assuming that these guys are doing what he wants. Yeah, 100%, Patrick, for me now, I think that, that those things need to be dispelled. You know, if he does want to bring in somebody else, by all means, but I think at this point in time, he seems to be quite settled with what he's already got there. As his backroom staff, as Lawrence makes a really good point on, you know, Andrew's a big character, he's a big figure in terms of, I think, the way in which football players get instructions for him, in terms of his respect that he's got in the dressing room and the, the respect he commands in that dressing room. And the, it, it does seem, you know, on the face of it, that he is running the show and the coaches around him are just executing his plans and ideas. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> that Ryan McGowan, former Australian uh, player, said that he, well, you know yeah. he's quite distant. You know, he's not on the training ground. He's not. He's not a coach. 
in that sense. You know, he's very much a manager, and he's probably given people like Kennedy, people like Strachan, instructions, instructions, I should say, on uh, how to take the team, uh, how to train. You know, what drills are doing, and I think he said it in an interview somewhere a month or two ago that you know, he he can't be overly friendly with the players, he can't be overly close to them because he doesn't want his judgement to be clouded by any sort of personal relationship. So he needs to keep a safe distance. And, you know, in that sense, he, he obviously trusts uh, Kennedy and Strachan massively because, and, you know, it, it's obviously paid off because the, the, the team's playing pretty well. You know, he's trusting them to execute his plan and it is, it is going pretty well. And... Mm-hmm. He obviously backs himself. He says that every everywhere he goes, and he's 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 backed. You know, striking Kennedy McManus, and it's worked. So it's just another another bit of proof that his his judgment is correct. Yeah, one hundred percent. In terms of judgment's correct, let's let's pick through this Celtic team. I think it's it's only right that we look at it from the perspective of where we are just now, and you know, our initial reactions and and thoughts. So. You know, Joe Hart, I think, is one of the people we really need to talk about here because you know, when he came in, Lawrence, at first, there was questions asked, you know, where was Joe Hart? How good a goalkeeper was he? To get him in on a permanent at that point is going to pay absolute massive dividends because when Fraser Foster returned to Celtic at the beginning of season 1920, we knew he was only a loan deal and there was a potential for him to go back to Southampton and not be our player. That's what happened. We have stability here with Joe Hart. We've got him on a contract. He's going to be our goalkeeper next season, I'd imagine. But just the strength I think he gives those players at the back, and he makes some absolutely cracking saves in a cup final that you really need a Celtic goalkeeper to make when the big moment happens, especially those ones at the end. And Patrick and I were having a conversation just about XG. Hibs created a higher XG just due to the chances that they made post 89 minutes. But yet again, there was Joe Hart to, to shut them out. And one of our top saves in the game was the one Nesbitt gives. Uh, Staff out a torrid time, turns him inside out. It's a cracking, cracking save from Joe Hart. Yeah, uh, listen, he's Golden Gloves winner. He, he'd done it all before he came here. He might have lost his way, never really gets a chance at Spurs. 34, you'd expect him to have another three or four years in him, wouldn't you? And it, I, I like he's, you know, for all that he's done, he's still very humble. You know, he's come out and made the statement, I'm not the best goalkeeper in the world, but what I do is I try my hardest and give my everything for, for the, the club I play for. Stop was outstanding uh, from Hart, and, and even kind of later on in the other, you know, his right hand post when he, when he had to save it kind of in the last few minutes as well. But I think he's given a lot of confidence to the whole team, especially the defence in front of him. Terrible time last year, but people maybe looked at that, were looking behind him and going, "Who are we getting goals?" You know, if I'm beat, this is a goal because the keeper's not made a save yet. You know, and we're talking about the end of the, the end of the season, he hadn't made a, a save. But with Hart, you know, if you're a centre half, you get beat. You know, Hart's likely to save it, don't you? You're not writing it off as a goal. So I think Hart's just been an immense signing. The fact that he obtained a wage cut shows that he came here desperate to play football. The amount of money that he, you know, that he dropped. So still gives us a heart attack now and again with the ball at his feet. But you know what? He's a cracking keeper, you know, and I think he's way above. Anything that they could have got for that kind of money. Uh, so, on goalkeeping ability and, and what he gives an experience to, to the squad, which is a very young squad just now. You've got to remember that, that this squad is really young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, Patrick, there's a few comments coming in 
with regards to Joe Hart. Um, the word rhymes with uh, bright. Um, people thought uh, at the corner, that was how his goalkeeping could be summed up. But um, do you think Joe Hart should have came and committed for the ball? Or was it right to stand in line? Obviously, the man in the line, and it's just with the, the sheer pace of the ball, it hits off of a Judah and goes into the net. Um, but there's still some folk in the comments. Like, I don't want to put them up because the language isn't too uh, fruitful. And obviously, we're trying to be PG on here. But, um, yeah, do you think that at times at set pieces is still I can see him for Celtic at this moment in time? I think set pieces are. I don't think Joe Hart is. Um, no. I think he probably could have came for the ball. But, you know, it's Starfield should still be tracking his, his man, you know. Um I think, you know, the, the the last two goals anyway we've conceded have been from set pieces. I think you need to go back to Betis at home. They've conceded a goal from open play. And then domestically, I can't even think the last time we conceded from open play. Um, I'm sure someone will correct me. Uh, but, you know, I think Joe Hart, it, it gives you tremendous confidence. And it's, it's, it's not that he's, you know, he said it himself, it's not like he's a phenomenal goalkeeper, but... He seems to be comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's an experienced player. The guys obviously like him and trust him. And he's a good shot stopper, which, you know, in my opinion, Barkas and Bain are not. And you talk about coming out for cross balls. I think that was Connor Hazard's big flaw. You know, he's not the worst goalkeeper in the world, and I think he has probably been unfairly treated. But I think he was at fault for two of the goals in the cup final. And then... A Hibs equaliser at Celtic Park in January. So, you know, the, the confidence that he gives defenders, it's hard to quantify that in stats or, you know, any other any other way. Um, and, you know, I think I said to you, I think we came out of a podcast when, when Celtic signed Joe Hart, and I think I said to you, it's going to go one or two ways. This is going to be a sort of comical disaster or it's going to be a, really, a bit of a coup, a really good signing. And so far, it's uh, paid dividends. Yeah, um, you know, Paul's came in here in the comments and he's seen Hearts win his games already. You can absolutely love a few flaws, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think without Joe Hart this season, we'd be a poorer team. Lawrence, even in the way that we try and play football, you see how quickly he wants to release the ball to his defenders. Um, one of the things you were talking about there, Lawrence, was defenders last season looking behind him and going, oh, I don't really have confidence here that if I miss the ball, my goalkeeper's going to be there. Um, one of the performances uh, at the weekend... Um, Carlos Starfield didn't have his best of games in his Celtic jersey probably one of the worst games we've seen him play in his Celtic jersey one game doesn't make you a bad player we all know that but there's a, probably a confidence from all of us as, as fans that you know if Mr. Carlos Starfield makes a mistake Vickers is usually there to tidy it up for him or if a player beats him like Nisbet did Joe Hart's there so if you do have a bad game like Carlos Starfield did at the weekend you're relying on the guys around you and that's what the team's all about you win as a team and you lose as a team. Totally. I think you're right to start it off. Keep it in perspective. We've got the best defensive record in the league. Patrick's touching that. When did we lose a, a goal from open play? Yeah, it's set pieces, but you, you, you know what? We are the best in the league defensively. Yeah, we have our flaws, but you know we're going to lose goals now and again over the course of the season. Yeah, you know, Starfield with a poor game. He's been dug out by Joe Hart again. Maybe Starfield was affected by getting another elbow in the face and the ref letting it go again. He, he doesn't seem to like it. Elbows in the face. Uh, although refs don't seem to see them. Or if they see them, they have with it. You know, but, you know, it's a solid partnership now with CCV, isn't it? 
Uh, and, and those three, just at, at back, Hart, CCV and Starfelt, yeah. but we're going to keep clean sheets in more games than, than we lose goals. We're not going to lose a lot of goals. Uh, you know, it's still early, early doors in terms of a former partnership. You know, we haven't reached, you know, the turn of the year yet. So I'd imagine it's only going to get better. No, 100%. I totally agree with you on that one. Um, Patrick, a player that's been quite versatile. We've seen him obviously featured in defence and we've seen him featured in midfield. He comes on. He's one of the most experienced players in that Celtic team. He's racking up some amount of medals. Big Nero, um, as he's been referred to now. But once again, I thought he came on at the weekend. He did his job really well. I you know, thought he played the ball around well. And again, I think that possibly affected us because David Turnbull's played such a mountain of games for Celtic. He is one of the you know the, the key players uh, to Ange's system working, and obviously the game plan must have been changed when David Turnbull goes off because you get a completely different um, asset and Callum McGregor being pushed forward a wee bit further. But what, what was your thoughts on Neil Beaton's performance at the weekend? And um, you know, in terms of where we are at just now, how valuable a player has he been at the squad and you know Ange's uh, results so far? Yeah, I mean, just with COVID and you know wanting to win the cup final. I'd forgotten just how important Turnbull was and how, he, he, you know, there's a high likelihood he's going to miss Wednesday night and, you know, the games after that. Um, I was just quite disappointed he couldn't play the cup final. But when Nemo came on, you know, he didn't put a foot wrong, that's for sure. Um, he probably does slow the game down. Um, but, you know, especially when you're ahead, I think you need that. And he, he's quite, quite confident, you know, taking us up the pitch. I remember... He ran with the ball 30, 40 yards and one as a foul. And I think Ivanovic ended up taking it, putting it over the bar. But he done well. I thought he played well for the 60, 65 minutes. 60, 65 minutes he was, um, he was playing. Uh, and, you know, he'll probably play the next four games as well. Um, and as you say, he's picked up another winner's medal. I think it'll be between him, Forrest and McGregor for who's got the most winner's medals at, at the moment at Celtic. But, you know... I've never been his biggest fan, but that Boys. was when he was at defence. Uh, so, as long as he keeps playing in midfield, I've got no problems. Once he's disappeared, you might disappear. It might be a solo show in a wee couple of minutes' time. Uh. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's been he's been there. He's been an asset. I think, you know, he's returned to form, Patrick, I think, since he's been out of that midfield um, area for Celtic. And um, we're starting to see, you know, some of the quality that we had initially under when Neil Lennon signed him. You know, he was a good player when he's first signed and then even when Brendan came in at first played in that 5-1 game he was key in some of those big Champions League games right? he played against Man City in the midfield too so we know he's a big game player um, on that wee point that you're making there I think Forrest if he got a, a medal at the weekend and obviously scored the winner in the semi-final I think that would have been his 20th medal um, winner's medal for Celtic meaning he is not far off being the most successful Celtic player of all time if um, Celtic continue to win trophies, somebody can tell us this in the comments. Right, Bobby Lennox is Celtic's most successful ever player, followed by Billy McNeil. I'm not too sure where James Forrest is in, in this just now, but he must be very highly up there. Because what did Scott Brown finish with? 21, 22 major honours? I'm not sure. I uh, know. I think Billy's got 23. You said Lennox is higher than him, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, do you know what Lennox's tally is? No. I don't know. Somebody needs to tell us in the comments. I don't think it's far above 23, so I think Forrest is in there a chance. Yeah, I don't want to start counting up cup finals and, and big championships on here. Uh, 
because my maths isn't that hot. But uh, if somebody can tell us how many Bob Lennox has got, we'll see how, how far James Forrest has off that, which is incredible when you think about it. Um, because, you know, Bob Lennox has been lying. I don't think many people would probably include the two of them in the same bracket. But in terms of, you know, if the wee man was asked to, to put his medals out beside Bobby, there wouldn't be too many medals short at this point in time, would no. there? I mean, Bobby does have that uh, medal from Lisbon, which unfortunately for James, I don't think he's ever going to get. But, um, you know, you never know with the Conference League. It's, it's still not the same as a European Cup winner's medal, particularly, particularly that medal. Um, but, you know, it's it's an impressive start. Not everyone, I think not everyone would say he's deserving of it. You know, he's maybe not performed as well as he could have done in his first you know, six seasons. Um as a first team regular, but um, can't argue with stats like that. Uh, I, I I don't recall seeing him in the celebrations, so I don't know whether that means he gets a medal or not. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um, I don't know. But I mean, even if he has on 19, you know, I fancy us for another three trophies this season. So, uh, mm. no, I'm only kidding. Um, uh, so, you know, I think he's in with a shout. And, you know, with Ange, a winner like McGregor as captain, you know, I think he could get that if he was, I think he's only got two years left in his deal, but I think if if you were to sign one more extension, you might just get there. Well, Sean's telling us in the comments that Bobby's got 24 medals, so if that is the correct figure, Forrest got one at the weekend, he's only four off him now, four to equal him. Um, and I think the record for, for British players is actually Ryan Giggs, 28, 29, so you don't know what could well, happen. Well, if he plays till 40 like Giggsy. There you go, you don't know what could happen. Um, 21 medals for Scott Brown, so James Forrest probably likely to be you know more medals in Scott Brown at Celtic, so that's that's one thing to keep an eye on. Um, Patrick, just taking a look at the, the forward three at the weekend. Um, Kyogo obviously two phenomenal goals. We've not spoken about them too much, um, but the guys to his left and right hand side. You know, I think one of the, the, the things I was trying to keep in perspective again is how young Lula Bada is. He's younger than me and you. Um, when we're you know, shouting and getting frustrated at him. He has a young player, he's only 20, he came in at 19. Again, he's taken a big step to come over here eh, from his native country. But again, with time, he should only get better, Lula Bada. Um, and again, to play a big cup final at the age of 20 is something to really nod your head at. And again, on young Owen Moffat come over, it's great experience for him to get, to get that in a Celtic jersey. 100%. And I think Owen done pretty well when he came on as well. Um you know, it's it's hard not to be frustrated when you're watching a badder these days, in my opinion. But I suppose you do have to take into account he has twenty, and you know, I'm not sure how many games he played before he came to Celtic, but he has played a lot of games already this season. I think he's played about thirty games, if not just shy of that. Um, 
Mikey Johnson, I think maybe at another club you could maybe say he's a young player at 22, but Turnbull's 22. Turnbull's, I think, three months younger than him. Started every game this season. Arguably the best player on the, the team last season because the team wasn't playing too well. Um, but I think, you know, Mikey Johnson will get more time. Whether he deserves that or not, I'm not too sure. I'm sure people have their own opinions, but um, no, we struggled, but as a light squad and they are young players, so mm-hmm. just need to give them the benefit of the doubt and luckily it didn't cost us uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and hopefully cup final experience like that should do them uh, something that, uh, again, you know, I think maybe Abada and Johnson are confidence players and they need that read on a games in the team. Um, here we go. Solo now, Lawrence is buggered off, Patrick's off ski, so it's the deck Axel on the show now. Um, hopefully Patrick comes back. Paul is chuckling away in the background because he knows I've been left myself. So Patrick's back. We're all right. Patrick's back. Nice to be there, my lonesome, but you're back. So that's okay. So we're being corrected. Bobby has 25 medals, just in case we get this wrong. So it's 25 medals. Um, I think if Forrest equals that, we'll need to start including Diver Cups as, um, <laughs> and Glasgow Cups as major honours because I don't think anybody wants probably uh, Lee Jamesy to, to take over Bobby. But if he does, fair play to him because um, that's, that's some doing. Um, Patrick, we'll go to our taglines now. Um, tomorrow night it's going to be a tough game. It's always a tough game getting to St Mun Park. What, what kind of team do you expect Ange to put out? Because they will have played Sunday. A lot of them looked absolutely knackered towards the end on Sunday. We've played a mountain of games so far. Um, we've seen Kyogo come back in. Whether or not Ange feels as if he's going to be ready to go again to start on Wednesday night. And then we've obviously seen uh, the David Turnbull injury. What kind of team do you expect to, to played uh, to moderate uh, in Paisley um, well I'd start Kyogo uh, firstly um, I, d- I don't know whether you know, I'm missing something but I've never understood why if a player's not 100% fit why you wouldn't start him because if you bring him on as a sub and he, he gets tired you're going to have to take him off again that's two substitutes you've made so you're better off starting him and only using one substitute um, but I think he'll play a relatively similar team um, You know, I don't see any reason to change the defence um, I think a straight swap of Turnbull for Beaton, I think that's fairly reasonable. It's just a bit of a mystery with the front three at the minute. Um, I think he might play Kyogo. Uh, you know, if he, if he starts him and we're 2-0 up at half-time, I think that'd be best-case scenario. I think on the wings, you know, yeah, St Myrna, I think, have got 12 players out. So yeah, that's, that's what Red said just in the comments here that St Myrna ravaged the yeah. call off due to positive tests. So Celtic should be looking to hammer them. Um, whether that's the case or not, that we you know, you know, give them a, a doing. Um, certainly a positive that you know, pardon the pun, that you know, going to be a here. that's not going to be their, their full strength, but it'll still be a tough old game with that. Hundred percent, and you know, not disrespect, but you don't want to. You don't want to underestimate them by playing guys like Moffat, you know. I don't think he's actually started a competitive game for Celtic. He's came on twice as a substitute, so whether he's ready for that, I don't know. Especially with Abad on the other side not really performing. It's a difficult one to call with the wingers. Um, you know, I think James there's a possibility James Forrest could be back, but I'm not entirely sure of that. I think with such weak options in the wings, I think you, you probably have to go with Kyogo through the middle, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Um and hopefully we can take a couple of goals off them because as good as it is to win, you know, we have been scraping it 
the last couple of weeks. So with them having twelve players out, you know, I I, I still still got to see the game going ahead personally. Um mm-hmm. I'm usually a bit of an optimist, but I'm quite pessimistic about tomorrow night. I, I just there's a there's a Bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a everyone's in a bit of a downer when it comes to COVID, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So whether it's with no fans or whether it's no game at all, it's a smaller capacity stadium. It's outside. Yeah, I, I personally think it should go ahead, but you just never know. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think we'll see. You know, just even through the team: Hart, Jovanovic, Carter, Vicker, Starfield, Taylor, Beaton, Rogic, McGregor. Probably Johnston, Kyogo and Abada. Mm-hmm. Well, Sean, completely different team from that. He's gone with some similarities, but he, he wants Juranovic back out in that wing. It's the team that basically finished at the weekend. Um, obviously, he wants Welsh in there. Instead of Starfield, I, I personally don't think that would do Carlos Starfield any good. I find was just to instantly drop him. Um, I thought Greg Taylor had a great game at left back at the weekend. It's had one of his best games in a Celtic jersey, I thought. I thought he played really, really well in the game even getting forward and having a shot, something we've not really seen from him a lot. Um, skills obviously can work in the park. Beaton will be coming in, I'd imagine, for David Turnbull. Um, Moffat, you know, and again like that, it's not a big park. He might struggle a wee bit. And again, you know, Johnson played okay at the weekend, so I'd imagine he'll continue out in the wing for Celtic. Um, Patrick, before the, the game uh, at the weekend, before we went to the game in the morning, um, through our, our newspaper, came the news from a sports person from Bernard Higgins to say that he would not be taking up the position at Celtic Football Club after he retired from Police Scotland. Um, this has been something that's rumbled on now for months. It's something that has affected the atmosphere around Celtic Park due to um, no transparency from the Celtic board in this. They ruled the matter out at the AGM when Ian Banker was challenged on it and said he didn't, you know, he wouldn't comment on it. Everything is on the table at this moment in time. It's now been ruled out, not been ruled out by the club. The club are yet to mention the very name of Bernard Higgins now. It's now time to move on from a club perspective, from the board perspective, and engage properly with fans again. Whether they can or not, you know, we'll soon see. But now, this has now been put to bed. It's time to start rebuilding and getting those three things working together again. Because we've got two of them. Seen that at the weekend. You saw that the team in the part of the management and the supporters in the stands, United is one. You know, I still think the people that were in those stands up in the director's box are still a far distance from then and a lot of the Celtic support just now. 100%. You know, how Ian Bank are still at the club. You know, I think if... I know it's all about shareholders, but I think if you were to take a poll from season ticket holders, he'd, he'd be out, uh, as with one or two others. Um, you know, they've been asking for communication and I think... The, uh, I think it's either Celtic Shared or the North Carve or the Green Brigade. It's one of the three. They all sort of get mixed uh, in my mind. Um, but they've been asking for a meeting with the board to talk talk this through and the board just haven't contacted them. They haven't engaged at all. And in the midst of all that, at Bertie Old's funeral, Willie Hawhey, who big Celtic fan, big businessman, he's probably got X amount of shares in Celtic, was quite happy to say, you know, what a, what a display they put on. And yet Celtic are afraid to even post pictures of the display on their social media because they don't they don't accept the Green Brigade, they don't accept pyrotechnics. They're more than happy to sell pictures of the Barcelona Tifo in the club shop that the Green Brigade organised and paid for. Um but 
they're also quite happy to take them on by appointing former chief of police. And, you know, there was a lot of tension in the ground, I think, at the Motherwell game a week and a half ago about the silent protest. The, the silent protest was from 3,000 people, I think less than 3,000 people. The other 50-odd thousand, well, it, they were more than, it was available to them to sing during the game. They chose not to. Um, the point of the silent protest is this is what Celtic Park is going to be like if people like Bernard Higgins are appointed and have their way. They're going to ban people from the stadium. They're going to, they were trying to arrest people uh, just a matter of years ago for singing songs. The fact the club even contemplated this and there's been no communication whatsoever. It's just, it's shambolic. And I think I've said on here that if it's going to be a choice between the Green Brigade and the Celtic board, the Celtic board are probably going to lose and they have lost. Yeah, well, in this situation, again, you know, the club have yet to actually mention this name. They could have, you know, completely doused the flames on this. It seemed almost as if, you know, whether they did contemplate it or not, as if they just wouldn't engage in it whatsoever. And um, Which I think, as fans, you know, I think everybody was baffled in it. It would have been very easy for a, a meeting to be had. Just to quickly go back to the point we were making, I must apologise to Sean, because in the midst of all our cup final celebrations, We've forgotten that Carol Starfield is suspended for Wednesday evening. Uh-huh. Um, you know, again, the refereeing in Scotland means that if you get elbowed in the face, you get booked. <laughs> so, <clears throat> apologies to Sean. He's probably right. Well, she will probably come into that team. And Michael and the other guys have corrected as a bang on Starfield is suspended for tomorrow evening, which might actually pay him some dividends because he's not undroppable. Of course not. I think had he been available for selection, it wouldn't have helped him uh, to to be dropped by the manager, but he's going to be sitting this one out due to him being suspended. So, um, thanks everybody for um, telling us off for that because we got that bad wrong name you there. But again, you know, elbowed in the face and you get booked for it. But hey ho, that's Scottish football. Um, but yeah, I think the point that you've made in that party is bang on that the fact the club just didn't engage with it at all, whether or not they did contemplate the appointment. Many people will say, oh, they've not even mentioned it, so they weren't contemplating it. They'll come out and tell us that. Tell us they're not contemplating it. Tell us that they're looking, you know, actively for somebody in that position, but they are, you know, having whatever else, or doing interviews or speaking to people, but they just didn't want to talk to us about it. And again, that's something that, that can't continue to happen. Ian Banker said at the AGM, you'd like us to do all your our business out in the open. That's not our style. I think some Celtic fans would rather there's just an engagement there um, to go out and speak to fans that engage with them in any way, shape or form that they, they see fit because it's important to have that connection between all three that, that Brendan Rodgers spoke about, um, the, the, the trinity of you know, supporters, the, the team in the part with the management and the people upstairs making the decisions. Yes, the whole trinity. Um Ian Banker uses the words do a business out in the open. I think it's just a bit of transparency. You know, there are there are banners and protests going on that Jovanovic himself has admitted is making its way into the dressing room and um, the, the, the board are doing nothing to uh, calm those fears, um, to, to settle the nerves. And <laughs> some people seem to think it's the Green Brigade's fault it's the board's fault, you know, without the board contemplating this decision, without someone leaking it to the press that they're going to contemplate this decision, 
these protests don't happen. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe we should start doing our business out in the open. Um, maybe not the transfer, transfer dealings, but when it comes to a, a highly um, controversial appointments like this, it can't be done in private for two months and then all of a sudden it's scrapped. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it, it matters too much to people, you know, uh, the football club. And for someone who purposely targeted football fans, you know, friends, family, I'm sure there are individuals who go to games now who have been personally targeted by Bernard Higgins. I, I don't know what the club were thinking. I'm not sure what moron in the boardroom decided that this was a good idea. Well, we now know he won't be at the club and again it's time to take that forward step and you know move on from it. If they are seeking somebody in that position, I'm sure they could engage with supporters and talk to them. I'm not saying that supporters dictate exactly who gets the job, but you can at least engage and balance it up to, you know, what would suit there's plenty of good people out there that I'm sure are Celtic fans, um, not holding high positions like Bernard Higgins, but can do the job just as effectively in terms of planning in terms of Celtic fans' safety. Um, Jason Hamilton's coming in the comments here to say board games. I think during this whole saga part, it was like a game of Cluedo, of who's done it, who's the person that's contemplated this decision and what are they thinking of? Just backhand. If the board do back the manager in January, you know, we've been linked to three players. If all three do come in, Patrick, is that the first step in, in moving on? Is the three of us as a connection here? Just in those board games, I do remember, you know, um, we beat Dundee 6 nothing in the first domestic win under Ange and the next day Gordon Strachan was rumoured as a, a an appointment, a sort of, what do you call it, an advisory role and, mm-hmm. you know, someone summed it up really well on Twitter, the board really know how to kill the good vibe created by the team, you know, it's unbelievable, but, um, you know, on backing the manager, I think those three players, they'll give us strength and depth and I think that's the only thing we're really missing. Um you know, it's not. I don't think it's cost this point so far. I don't think we've we've dropped any points due to a lack of lack of depth. Um, we still get four games to go, obviously. Um, but I'm I'm actually not convinced that those three players would be enough. I think we might need one or two more beyond that. Um, I'm not entirely sure. You know, we we do have three strikers, but one of them plainly isn't good enough. You know, and he's also. Yeah, there's a question over his fitness. Is like, you know, he's currently injured. You know, you don't know. No one said how long he'll be out for. You know, whether the staff know or not is another question. But um, you know, I personally think Joe Hart is the only keeper that's good enough at Celtic at the minute. Um, you could maybe give Connor Hazard another chance, but I wouldn't be looking to him as a backup. He's maybe third choice. So I think we're still a few signs away from having a perfectly balanced side, but. Um, mm-hmm. Getting bodies in that Ange thinks he can utilise, I think. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, 
weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Would be a good start, and we're definitely getting that in the three Japanese guys, because if we're signing anyone from Japan, you know it's an Ange signing. Yeah, and, you know, going on usual regular uh, Tuesday contributors, Red Warriors came on here to say if the board back Ange in January, Higgins will soon be forgotten. I don't know if he'll be forgotten, Patrick. I think this is a, a saga um, that's been on for too long for it to be forgotten. If it was just a, a newspaper story that had been for a week and was then scrubbed, I think maybe then it would have been, but I think it's been on too long. And it took too much of an effect over the football club, as you say, it, it even spread to the dressing room, which we know was confirmed by by Jura post-match against Motherwell. Um, I don't think it'll be forgotten, but I think a lot of Celtic fans, you know, want success for the football club. And, you know, the best way of doing that is supporting the team, which will be will be happening. Great support at Hamden at the weekend, great support at in Dingwall. And, you know, it was a very easy easy way for me to, to get rid of these silent players was the board engaging with the fans. That didn't happen, but, I don't think this will be forgotten, but as long as the manager, you know, is backed in January, I think for me it's the first step in trying to rebuild any sort of relationship that once existed. Yes, 100%. Um, I don't think it'll be forgotten either. Um, it's quite clear last season the board treat the fans with complete contempt, uh, total disdain, and they've shown that again this season with this stunt. Um, it's totally unacceptable and you know, it doesn't matter if we win the quadruple this season. We still have principles, and what <laughs> Bernard Bernard Higgins flies in the face of most of them. Um, yeah, it did actually. I think it went on for longer because I think it was some point in, in October it was first linked, and we're now over halfway into December, and I think Eddie Howe is the same. Uh, but no, it's not going to be forgotten. No, no stretch of the imagination. I think. Certain board members will be forgiven. I think people like Ian Bankia are too far gone. He's been there for too many years. He's defended decisions that are too many decisions that are so baffling beyond belief. Um, forgiven, maybe forgotten, definitely not. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think you know at one point there was maybe the idea that you know Peter Lovell departing the building. Um, it became clear that his departing gift to us was Ange Postecoglou. From everything we've you know, probably read and, and heard, um, especially the AGM, that that was ultimately, I think, Peter's decision in going and getting Ange. Um, again, we're not privy to exactly what happened there, but that's, you know, as I believe it, the, the Peter Lowe made the decision on Ange bringing him into the football club. Um, that one person departing, Patrick, as you say, would just make it all better, but I think some guys are now, as you say, too far gone. Um, obviously, Michael Nicholson just now is still. Um, acting chief executive um, again 
you know, for a football club the size of Celtic, it's taken months now to, to make up the role of who's making that permanent, whether it will be Michael or whether somebody will come in externally. Um, but what do you expect to happen around that now? Um, do you think that Michael will get the position full-time or do you think he'll go back to, to his role? Um, I think Michael was company secretary before he um, was moved up, if you will, to, to acting chief executive. I mean, if I'm totally honest, I'm not too sure. Um, I can see him probably getting the job, uh, whether it's a, a lazy option, whether it's, you know, boot room stuff where you promote somebody from within. I'm not too sure. You know, as far as I'm concerned, he's not made any mistakes yet because I think the the Higgins stuff is probably a few weeks in the pipeline before we heard anything about it uh, in the middle of October. So... I think it might be a bit unfair to pin that on him. Um, but you never know. Uh, I think I think how we do in this transfer window and the next transfer window might be a better reflection on how he's doing. I think they're probably giving him the season. Because I think we're probably looking at Dominic Mackay from before the pandemic. And we'll announce him in January and then appointed him in July. So these things obviously, you know, I'm not sure what it's like for other clubs. I know um, other clubs in Glasgow have got interim CEOs and chairmen and have done for a wee while. Um, we use their buses uh, to go to games. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I don't know how long these things normally take. You know, I don't. I certainly wouldn't rush it. You know, with Angie in charge, I think the football sort of takes care of itself as long as you give them enough money to keep up the, the standard of the playing squad. So, I think, you know, Given the job, don't give him the job. It's hard to make a judgment right now, but it'll probably be the end of the season before anything happens for certain. Yeah, probably. You know, Banks and success. We've got one part of that success, whether or not you know he's backed properly in January, whether or not he's kept happy in January. Not that you know the manager should be saying, "Oh, let's go and sign Lionel you know, Messi," for instance. But I'm sure that the Ange has um, very reasonable targets that you know suit them all. They're coming to Celtic, um, and again, Sean's came in here to agree with you, Patrick, he doesn't think that three players is, is uh, three players is not enough, especially if we lose players as well, because the board will not replace the numbers just like they did in the summer. Um, if it is only to be three players, I mean, three players for Celtic in January is a, a maverick, especially three players that probably slot into their first team side, but there is probably still a worry that even adding three in, Patrick, that if we do get injuries, we're probably still a bit lightweight in some positions, and without them, you know, goalkeeping is a prime example. I think that's something that can't actually be overlooked. We've had numerous conversations and chats about, you know, Scott Bain, Connor Hazard, um, Toby, obviously, in the, the the squad for European games. But, you know, a position like that, if we were to lose somebody like Joe Hart, I think we'd maybe struggle. 100%. And, you know, I've actually said to my dad, you know, he tells me that we've got hundreds of wingers. Um, we don't have hundreds of inequality, you know. Um, it's the toss of a coin between Abada and Forrest on the right wing. Forrest has been injured for the majority of the games this season. And then on the left, without Jota, you've not got any any confidence in Mikey Johnson. You know, I think we're all hoping for a, a Ralston-esque miracle from uh, Postacoglu there, but I think he's been fit and available for every game since you know Hibs in October when he started. And you know that was two months ago and he's not really... I think he's still struggling to find form. I think he might be a bit of a confidence player because 
he is slowly starting to take more guys on and have a bit more success. Shooting still leaves a lot to be desired, as does his passing at times, but I'd personally like to see another winger. Um, if you're going to move guys like a Yeti and Barkas on, yes, you probably do need another goalkeeper. Um, hard to say, you know, where we where we get one from and whether we get a fourth or fifth player in in January. You know, I think that will be quite the challenge. But I think I think it's I think it's quite clear that we need more than three players, and I don't think it would affect our title challenge if we didn't get a fourth or fifth player in but I think maybe when you're looking at the Europa Conference League I genuinely think it's a massive opportunity to maybe not win it but try and do something maybe put a marker down because I think if Ange backs himself and the players back themselves I think they can make the latter stages I honestly do mm-hmm. Yeah I do think they can um, the, the team you know as we said at the top of the show Roman six months into this you know project if you will uh, in inverted commas and um, sorry commas dear me I not even talk today but yeah we're only, we're only a wee bit down the line with this so far we're still to see more players come in uh, to the side and we're you know slowly building up to something hopefully very special we've got the first piece of silverware in the cabinet just before we finish um, we're going to probably get an announcement in an hour's time just to quickly get your thoughts on this Patrick I think you agree with me if it's a decision of whether it's no fans or pressing the pause button, for me it's press the pause button just now. I think we need to, you know, I think Celtic play better with a set of supporters and it wasn't an excuse for last season. Um, but, you know, with fans there in the stadium, it, it was important and we, we, we needed them. I'm just going to bring Lawrence back in because we can get his thoughts just as he joins us back. Um, but just to come to you first on this, Patrick, um, for me it's press the pause button postpone the fixtures until we can play them in January if it means scrapping Scottish Cup replays then so be it yeah. um, and just make sure that you know for the smaller clubs as well as big clubs like Celtic and Hubs Aberdeen whatever else that uh, we get fans back in and hopefully you know by that point in January we're a bit clearer in the situation Yeah I think you know lower league clubs could potentially keep playing games if it's a matter of crowds the Scottish government can only tell the SFA and the SPFL how many people, what the maximum capacity for events is. They can't tell them when games are to go ahead. So if they tell them no fans in grounds up to you know five thousand or whatever, the SPFL can say right, we'll just not play any games then. We'll postpone them, and then it becomes a footballing matter. Um, on last season, you know, I think the gap would have been a bit shorter if there was, um, and we would have seen change sooner if there were fans in grounds. But it wasn't the reason for misery last season. Um, but no, I mean, because games being played and when they are played is a footballing matter, I think it comes down to sport and integrity and fairness that they have to be postponed because, you know, we're having teams with 50,000 in, in Glasgow derbies and yet we're potentially facing a situation where we've got no fans at all and that isn't fair, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Lawrence, what's your thoughts on this? Listen, uh, how long's a, a lockdown going to be? How long are they going to say that there's, you, you know, that there's no fans for? The Scottish government's going to put restrictions on. We don't know just now. I don't think there's loads of data on the Omicron variant. The word from South mm-hmm. Africa is it, it's not serious. We don't have a lot here. I, I think this morning I saw one news briefing that said there's 11 pe- people in hospital with it. But it probably suggests it's not as serious. 
we're due a winter break. Is it a case of just just move the winter break forward on the football inside? If the government come out and do it, the foot, football authorities will say we're, we're just going to move the winter break forward. That buys a few weeks before you need to then make the decision, doesn't it? Uh, and yeah. I suppose there's a few more weeks of data then that might indicate whether this is going to be a longer term issue or, or a shorter term issue, depending on the severity uh, of this variant. There's also what kind of lockdown would it be? What kind of financial support is going to be available to well, We were the only club not to take financial support, uh, which would say well, every other club was in some kind of financial trouble taking it. I'd imagine it's going to put them in, if they're not already in financial trouble, it's going to put them in more financial trouble. So, it, you know, it, it's a matter for all the league clubs to, to say, well, can we afford to go without any fans in the ground or with reduced capacities? How does it affect us? And all we've all had to pay for pay-per-view, you know, Ross County being uh, the last one. It's So, so some of them have, have got other revenue streams now, but I, I think they'd all get hit with reduced numbers. It, it would hit them all. You know, at a time when season ticket money's probably running dry, I think we've seen some clubs, you know, trying one season tickets in, in March before. So it's it's perilous time if it's going to last a long time. So I think that the smart thing you, you can buy time just by moving the the, the winter shutdown. Mm. If to say, look, there's going to be no one in the stadiums from Boxing Day forward. Say we we followed what Will said and said from Boxing Day, just move the winter shutdown, move the games. It buys the government some time to see what they can do financially. If it's going to be a longer break, it buys the football and authorities some time to see, well, if this is a longer break, who's going to be able to finish a season? How are clubs going to be able to, to manage, manage financially? Is it another case of they need to call a season early? I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they haven't started a season, having had that experience with no explicit rules in place that would just be madness if there's no explicit rules in place to come this scenario given that we've just been through it but you never know with the Scottish football authorities No you don't and again you know Sky Sports will dictate I think at times um, decision making from the SPFL the SPFL need to be saying to Sky here put fans forward first here yes I know Sky Sports would likely want their, their prime box office viewing Patrick on the 2nd of January, but it is a case, I think Lawrence is absolutely bang on with everything he said there. Buy us more time, give us a month, see where we are in a month's time, and hopefully we can get people back into stadiums then if it's safe to do so. And I think that would be the, the best outcome for us because I, I don't think Celtic, um, like every club, uh, you know, was any more affected by COVID. We're a big club though. We will be affected in similar ways to other clubs financially. We've obviously got more employees, meaning that it'll cost us more to you know, pay them. I mean, I think a lot. It's not just eleven men in the park. The people in the stands. You get caterers or whatever else there that you need to think about. If the the financial support isn't there, it could really hit a lot of football clubs hard. And you know, it's just a case of waiting to see where we are. I think in a month's time. But I think Lawrence is absolutely bang on there. Give us a month. Hopefully, by that point in time, it's safe to do so. We can get fans back in, and they can you know go again from where we are. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, the government can't tell you. You know. Uh, you're not allowed to operate as normal, uh, but you've we're not going to give you any financial support to pay all your staff because probably get thousands of employees Celtic or thousands of people rely on them for employment. So, you know, it's, it's a tricky one for the government. It's a tricky one for Celtic, but I think postponing fixtures for as long as you possibly can is is probably the best way to go. I think you could probably 
postponed them as late as you know the the, the Scottish Cup dates on the twenty first and the twenty second of January, um, and sort of push all them back. What you can't do is move European games. You know, UEFA aren't going to move games because the Scottish government. That's not going to happen. So you, you've got to make a decision. And uh, you know, if there's not money coming in to pay clubs, because there'll be clubs that need the money far more than Celtic. But um, you especially know, gate money, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think. I think on average it's something like forty percent in Scotland. Celtics will be lower than that. Other clubs will be a lot higher than that. Um, so the government have got a tricky decision in their hands if there's not money coming in for them. Yeah, one hundred percent. And just to finish, um, Patrick, I hope you have a, a great day. I'll Thank see you. you later on for your twenty-first. Um, and I think um, myself, um, from myself and on behalf of you two guys, would like to listen. Uh, sorry. I'd like to wish everyone that's tuned in today a very happy Christmas. Um, we'll not be on until the big days game, so everybody has a, a very good Christmas. I hope it's, it's peaceful and they enjoy it with their, their families and um, they'll all stay safe. So, yep, um, from all of us here on the Tuesday Club, I'd like to wish everyone a, a happy Christmas and we'll see you next week. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.